0: okay the um, title to this message is who can you evangelize who can you evangelize you know when you think about it what we have to sell is a hard sale i mean it's not an easy sale if we when i think of a salesman you know if you had something that everybody wanted, you know, like a, a widget or whatever, something that every, every person needed, every pe- person wanted, it would be easy, it would be easy to sell that, that product. And, of course, when you're someone like, my, like myself, I don't view myself as a salesman. It's very uh, intimidating to even the thoughts of selling something. I think it was Ron Dart that said his style of selling would be to knock on the door and say, you don't want this, do you? <laughs> I didn't think so, and turn around and walk back. You know that sort of describes me. You know when it comes to selling something. So, but truth is a hard sell. I mean, let, let's face reality here. Truth is a hard sell. I think some of the least responses I've gotten from the program, and I don't talk about this subject a lot, would be on the Sabbath day, uh, trying to get people to take that piece of literature. Yeah, they've taken it a few times, but it's a hard sell. And so I don't really push that a lot with my programs, that is the, the, the Sabbath day. In fact, I'm thinking about maybe taking a little bit different approach where I say, look, I'm not asking you to, to keep these days, but at least have an open mind to study them. You know, at least b- let, figure out what they're all about, the holy days, the Sabbath day. You know, whether you keep them or not is between you and God. But let, at least have an open mind to, to study the, the purpose, the meaning of these days. The, uh, even the holy days can be somewhat, well, actually, they can be a hard sell also, but the responses from those programs have been very well. People want to know more about what are the meaning of these holy days. And so the responses have been very good. Now, whether they're keeping them or not is another question. Uh, <clears throat> but truth is a hard sell my mother once said that she believed in growing up and it took her the biggest part of her life to come to this reality but she she believed that if you just showed people a better way if you could just say look this will work why don't you do this that people would eagerly accept it a better way and she said she found out later in life that no if you show people a better way look this will work this will not work why don't you do this often they will Turn and spit in your face and say I don't want anything to do with that and so it was a hard reality for her to learn in growing up now we have our small group here and the question is who can we evangelize we have outreach on local TV we have uh, we've had visitors before but often some of the visitors you know that they don't really stick and so you know you think okay what what do we need to do but the question is who do we evangelize have you ever in dealing with people thought you know there is absolutely no use in me sharing anything with this person because they're not going to get it you ever thought that you know you, you just knew that there would be no use in me sharing this because they probably wouldn't get it anyway well you know i don't maybe the holy spirit is discerning that for you maybe it's it's working and saying don't bother i know i've had that a lot in my own life where i just say ah, it's no use." i mean it's, what's the use you know they won't get it anyway now it'd be nice if jesus gave us an outreach manual entitled this is who you can evangelize uh, these are the ones that will listen to you these are the ones that will will respond only go after these people only don't bother with anybody else (laughs) that'd be nice if, if jesus did that for us now i think if there were such a manual that manual would begin with a list of who not to evangelize so i'm going to go through three groups of people here who not to evangelize. That will help us in understanding who we can evangelize to. Okay, who, not, who can you not evangelize to? Now, we'll start out with a story about a man who was, or a boy, I should say, who was born blind. And Jesus, it was a Sabbath day, I believe. And Christ began to mix up some clay with some spit on the ground. And he deliberately did that on the Sabbath, by the way. Now, he didn't have a wheelbarrow out there mixing mud or anything, but they, they looked at it like, what is this guy doing working on the Sabbath? I mean, all he did was spit on the ground and make some, you know, little mud and put it on the person's eye. And he healed this, this, this man. Let's pick up the story in John 9 and verse 24, though. John 9 and verse 24. So Christ healed this man who had been born blind. Imagine that. Never had seen anything in his life and christ and his mercy on the sabbath day and of course the pharisees they thought this is work he shouldn't be working it's a sin to heal anybody we don't want to relieve anybody of their pain and misery <laughs> i don't know how they got that but that's was their thinking john 9 verse 24 then again called they the man i'm breaking into the middle of the story that was blind And said to him, give God the praise, for we know that this man is a sinner. Now they're referring to Jesus here when they said, this man that just healed you, well, we know he's a sinner. And he answered and said, well, whether he be a sinner or not, I don't know. But one thing I know, I was blind and now I see. (laughs) Now I love this guy's attitude. This guy is not your typical religious type. You know he's he's just sort he's a thorn in the flesh toward the religious type here. He said, "Look, I don't know, but one thing I know, I was blind and now I see." Then they said again unto him, "Well, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes?" And he answered them and said, "Look, I've already told you, and you didn't hear. Wherefore would you hear it again if I repeated it? Will you also be his disciple?" Now that is a wow. That's a loaded question. Now, when we talk about who we can we evangelize, that is the end result. We're asking people, will you be his disciples? That's that's the end result. Well, notice how they responded. Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciples, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses. As for this fellow, we don't know where he's, you know, from whence he is. The man answered and said to them, Well, I herein is a marvelous thing that you know not from whence he is, and yet he has opened my eyes. Now we know. Now this guy is preaching to the Pharisees. You know, this, you know, this, this nobody is actually teaching the Pharisees here. Now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were altogether born in sin. And do you teach us? And they cast him out. Can you believe that? They Just threw him out. Get out of here. So who can you not evangelize? Alright, here's your answer. Those that already self-identify as a Christian. <laughs> you know, they're, they're already, they've got it together, it seems like. And the hostility that exists if you try to change them and tell them they're wrong. Often that hostility can be the same as you see here. We, we've got our religion. Okay, we've got Moses. We're not interested in being your disciple. We've got our religion, is, is the response those that already self-identify as Christian now that may sound strange but listen listen people most people and if you think about it, if you put the shoe on your foot most people out there their view is they have bought and paid for their religion in other words they're not window shopping anymore okay are you window shopping are you going around looking for more religion no and so we shouldn't expect that from other people you know they're not windows now often families can fit into this category Uh, my advice is this if people are content with their religion leave them alone leave them alone because all you will do is make enemies you'll break up families you know the relationship your family members have with God that is different than yours Maybe it's exactly what God wants it to be at this present time. Maybe it's exactly where God wants it to be at this present time. And so, you know, I think of that scripture where Peter, seeing him, that's John, said to Jesus, Lord, what will this man do? Speaking of John. And Jesus said, look, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. And so the advice is, don't worry about him. You follow Christ. You do what God wants you to do. And uh, just, just consider that those, often that we try to change, uh, family members, whatever, they may be exactly in the position God wants them to be for right now. <clears throat> okay, two. Who can you not evangelize? So the first one, let me back up here. The first one. Who can you not evangelize? Those who already self-identify, often, you know, as a Christian, and often there is hostility. That if you try to change them and tell them they're wrong, you are confronted with a lot of hostility. Number two, who can you not evangelize? John 13 and verse six. Let's turn there. John 13 and verse six. This incident is. Uh, it was at the. Uh, I guess what we call it in New Testament Lord's Supper. <clears throat> John 13, verse 6. Then comes he to Simon Peter. And Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I do you know not, but you shall know hereafter. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, you have no part with me. Simon Peter, this is classical here. This is a classic here. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Uh, <laughs> now this little response is, look, I hear what you're saying, but it still has to be my way. You know, I hear you, but it's still got to be my way. Wash my hands, you know, whatever. Uh, wash my hands and my head. These are what we call, you would call head nodders. You know, when you speak to them, they, they agree with you. Uh-huh, yeah, is that. You can tell them your conviction. You can tell them your faith. You can tell them your differences, and they smile, and yeah, uh-huh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be agree with, agreeing with you. But they don't believe a single word you say. They do not believe a single word you say. A lot of people fit into that category. I think probably a lot of people that listen to the program fit into that category. It would be a head nodder. Uh, they like you. They agree with you, or at least they say they do. They think you're great, but they're not about to submit or change. Okay, They're not about to submit or change their way. Look at Ezekiel 33 and verse 31. I like this verse. Ezekiel 33 and verse 31. Sort of tells us about, in a way it tells us about a group of people that exist at the end time. And their response toward a message, a message of evangelism, let's say. Ezekiel 33 and verse 31. It's interesting how these people respond. It's a description of what I'm talking about here. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear your words, but they will not do them. For their mouth they show much, with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. And lo, you are unto them as a very lovely song. You're like a beautiful song playing to them. I once had someone tell me, they said, David, I love everything you say from the program. And I'm thinking, I don't want you to love everything I say. I'm not trying to get you to love everything I'm saying. I'm trying to get you not to love everything I say. But, but you know, there are people, look, I love everything you say. Okay, and one of them has, uh, you're likened to them as a lovely song of one that has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they will not, do, will not do them. And when this comes to pass, and lo, it will come to pass, then shall they know that a prophet has been among them. So the end result is good. you The end result is they one day say, you know, I think that guy was telling me the truth. I remember something that he said back then. Okay, so who can you not evangelize? People who hear what you say, they hear what you're saying, but it still has to be their way. You can't evangelize them. Number three, who can you not evangelize? Luke 18 and verse 10. 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 It says, Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. And the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not as other men are. You know, that's. I found myself one time almost saying that. Not, not necessarily, but it's just a thought passed my mind that I was grateful that I wasn't like someone that did something ugly. And then I thought about this verse. I said, oh, Watch that, David. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to be grateful, but, but, you know, in certain ways, but don't make the comparison. You probably did things that were worse. <laughs> okay. I thank you that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I don't know if he actually point the finger. You know, even as this guy, this publican beside me. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, will not even lift up so much his eyes into heaven but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Wow, what a powerful statement. Have mercy on me, a sinner. The sinner can be evangelized. So where do you find sinners? Well, they're not in church, (laughs) necessarily. Well, yes, they are in church, but you know what I'm saying. and on the other hand, the righteous cannot seem to be evangelized. Now, when I say righteous, I'm not necessarily talking about religious people. There are people in our world who have established a code of conduct in their minds. And it's almost their code of conduct where they do the right thing. You know, they think, And they don't realize, well, where did you get that code of conduct? Well, I got it from my parents and generations. And if you keep backing up, it always leads back to... God, the law of God, a code of conduct that God reveals in His Word. So it never dawns on them. But they, there are people who view themselves as, you know, uh, righteous, but they're not necessarily religi- religious. Often these people are what I would call the tree huggers of our society the the save-the-planet people the uh, people that believe in socialism where let's give every equally let's give the bum on the street and you know he should deserve everything and and they're sort of review that they view themselves as very compassionate because they care so they think they they care so much for people make everybody equal and it's a form of self-righteousness that exists they're not religious But it is a deep form of self-righteousness. So who can you not evangelize? Those that have their own self-righteousness. You know, you could speak to them until you turn blue in the face and you're not going to get anywhere. So to conclude, we got to ask the question, who can we evangelize? Here it is. A person who is teachable. Now, that may be hard to find, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but someone who is teachable. In other words, if, if you already know it all, if you already got it all together, you've got your religion, you've got your faith, you, you've bought and paid for it, I'm not window shopping anymore, no, you're not going to be able to evangelize them. It's someone who is teachable. And God give us the grace to find those people who are teachable. There are, there are people out there that are teachable, who want to learn, and it's such a blessing when you find those people because they truly are humble in spirit. They truly are looking. They are searching. And they, they, are, they have a teachable spirit. I think when we ask, okay, who can we evangelize? Well, obviously, the called of God. No man can come to me unless the Father draw him you know the call of God let's, let's look at one more verse Romans 11 and verse 1 because I think we struggle in this same way as this verse describes here Romans 11 and verse 1 Paul is struggling here he says look I say then has God cast away his people God forbid for I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin God has not cast away his people which he foreknew won't ye not that the scripture says of Elias how that he makes intercession to God against Israel, saying, "Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thy altars, and I am left alone and they seek my life only. Uh, my, they seek my life also. But what says the answers of God unto him? The answer of God into him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. You know, He thought he was the only one. But he wasn't the only one. Even so, verse 5, notice verse 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant, and that word means small number, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. There is a remnant. There is a first fruit that God is calling right now. It doesn't mean that, uh, that the whole world's lost. Those people who... You can't evangelize, it doesn't mean that they're lost, it just means that they're not a part of this election, the remnant, that small number that God is calling now. And so I think it is, you know, um, when we ask the question, okay, how do you know who God is calling? Well, the answer is you don't. You don't know who God is calling. And that's why evangelism is so important. Evangelism is sowing seed. It's broadcasting everywhere. In the parable of the sower, he's sowing seed. And it doesn't even make sense if you're a farmer. But he's sowing seed on rocky soil. Rocks, thorns. This, I mean, it's everywhere. He's broadcasting that seed everywhere. Because you never know. You never know. So, in, in closing, I want, I'd like to encourage you to help to help sow the seed, one of the ways you can do that is by sharing some of the stuff on, as Janie mentioned earlier, on Facebook, sharing some of the stuff. On, on, just, just sharing that information of because I'm trying to put out something every single day in a form of a message for short attention spans. It only last two or three minutes, those messages. <laughs> but share that with others. I had one guy that uh, he shares everything I put up. I mean everything I, I post he shares it and he made a comment just recently he said I don't agree with everything you say but I love you <laughs> and he shares it you know <laughs> even though he don't agree with everything I say so I would encourage you to 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 do that and to pray for you know is that something we do enough is to pray for God to, you know, someone that we can evangelize, to give us the wisdom to know, you know, when that person is teachable. Because it is easy to get discouraged when you realize, oh man, you know, nothing seems to be going on, and and where are the people that can be taught, and who can I evangelize? So, let's pray about that and let's encourage one another. Okay.